What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. In today's episode, I'm sharing with you my in-home sales process from our gathering of Florida painting contractors event in Orlando. Uh, in this episode, you are going to get the full spectrum of how I utilize value to sell my jobs for more. You are going to love this. I felt as though I had all the points I wanted to hit. So I hope you like it. Listen to it a few times if you need to and start implementing some of these strategies in your business today. Contractors all over the world are wanting more, more time, more freedom, more impact. The way we do this is through implementing systems, processes, standards. Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Here we hit business strategy, coaching, mindset, motivation, the tools you need for success. So strap in, listen up, and get ready to grow on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. All right, guys. So, um, anybody want to learn a little bit a bit about my sales process? Maybe get some hints, tricks, tips, secrets on how you can sell your jobs for more. Is anybody interested in that? Because that's what we're going to do today. Because we're gonna we're gonna fire. I'm passionate about sales, but first, let me introduce myself. My name is Tanner Mullen. This is my team. Two years ago, we haven't had a photo shoot, but half of the guys are still there, and it's a good picture. So I put it there. We need to do another photo shoot. All right, so just to give you a little bit of some of my credentials, um, I'm the owner of Premium Painting. Yes, I do own a painting business here in Florida. We're in Ocala. We serve Ocala, a little bit of the villages, um, a tiny bit of Citrus County, but we are in Central Florida. In the past six years, we've generated a little over $6 million in residential repaint sales. I have 13 full-time employees. We do residential interior and exterior painting. Uh, found a way to get 500 five-star, 400 five-star reviews, almost 500. Uh, very passionate about educating contractors. I actually just started turning the camera around on Instagram and sharing some ideas, taking people along for the rides uh, on my estimates, getting feedback, and built a community around that. Uh, I have a, a podcast, Contractor Secrets. I am the founder of Drip Jobs, which is the logo uh, on the hats that you guys see. And any Drip Jobs users here? Anybody using Drip Jobs? Awesome. Glad to have you guys here. Um, I am the also, uh, I run the Facebook group that many of you, anybody in that Facebook group, the big one? Okay, cool. And I'm a husband and a father. That should be first, but, you know, all right. All right, so here's what you guys are going to learn today. This is what I'm going to share with you. I'm going to give you guys some of my insights on, number one, how to help you understand why customers buy and why they don't buy. So you guys know that. I'm going to help you guys understand some of the psych psychology behind this and give you some tools, tips, and tricks for when you guys walk into the door today. Number two, I'm going to provide you with powerful tools to help you overcome the most common objections. Number three, we're going to go into a deeper understanding of the buyer's journey. So really, guys, I want you guys to make this, if you're writing notes, make a big asterisk next to buyer's journey. This needs to be your focus if you want to separate yourself from the competition, okay? Uh, number four, we're going to identify blind spots when it comes to your sales process. So you're going to hear some things today, and you're going to say, oh, you know, I didn't think about that. Good. That means that your next... Uh, estimate is going to be a profitable one. All right, so let's first understand the psychology of why people make buying decisions. And, you know, I'd started to obsess over this because there was a time where uh, it was six o'clock at night, I'd paint all over me, I was walking to a customer's, walking through a customer's front door, and, you know, the guys didn't have work Monday. Anybody been there? Anybody been in a position where there was no work on Monday? Uh, and I knew I needed to sell the job. So, I, you know, my wife was texting me, hey, are you coming home from dinner for dinner? I said, no, just, you know, Put it in the fridge for me. I'll, I'll get it when I get home. I have to sell this job. 
and I know some of us have been there, and it's a tough position to be in. So this was early on, it's probably my first year in business. And what I found though is that I went into the house and I kind of started to panic a little bit. I, I, I started to think, you know, man, if, if she doesn't hire me, then I'm gonna have to tell my guys we don't have work. So, you know, this lady begins the process of pretty much running the show, okay? She's taking me through her home, telling me everything that she wants me to do and everything that she wants me to, uh, to paint for her. And, and she, was, she was in control of the, of the sales interaction. And by the end of it, she had a photo album out showing me pictures of her kids. And in my head, I'm sweating because my wife is at home, it's dinner time, and I honestly feel like I got you know, I was just there to, to be a friend. Um, left the house with, with, no, with no deposit. I was told that my price was too high. And I went home thinking, what did I do wrong here? And I think a lot of us might have experienced that. We think, you know, what did we do wrong there? When we leave that estimate, we think, man, could I have sold that job? Could I have closed the deal? And what we, need, what we need to understand is that sales is the heart of your business. It's the heart. It's the heartbeat. Without sales, you can't market. Without sales, you can't produce. You need reps. You need to sell jobs. That's your goal. You guys are a sales company and a customer service company that just so happens to paint. We're just, you know, we're slinging paint, but we're selling. If you don't sell, you don't eat. So I felt, you know, let me, let me dive into this process. So number one, why do people exchange their money for a good or a service? Number one, they believe wholeheartedly. So when they make that exchange, when they write that check, they believe wholeheartedly that the amount of which they are giving you, okay, excuse me, the amount of which they are receiving in terms of value exceeds what they are giving you. So if they give you $100, they feel as though they're getting $101 in return. All of you guys do this. Every time you guys make a buying decision, you think, I'm getting the better end of the deal. Whether you're getting it or not, somebody either gave you the perception that you're getting the better end of the deal or you actually are, and everybody who buys something feels this way. So I wanted to, number one, make sure that I knew that very well. Number two, they trust wholeheartedly that the person of which, or the company who, who's responsible for executing the exchange has the expertise to carry out a successful project to the standard of which is expected. So now we know why people actually make the exchange. So if you've accomplished both of these things, number one, you made the customer feel as though they're getting the better end of the deal, and number two, they trust wholeheartedly that you can execute the project, then you've got yourself a deal. But why don't they buy? Number one, they don't believe that the amount of which they are receiving in terms of value exceeds the amount of which they are giving. In other words, if someone tells you that your price is too high, they honestly believe that they're not getting enough value. That's gotta be it, right? Obviously, all of us know here that we're gonna do an excellent job or you wouldn't be here. Number two, we know that you pay your guys really well and they're probably all stand up members of your team or else they wouldn't be on your team. And a lot of you guys know that you will do anything to make sure that your customer's happy, but do they really know that? Part of them doesn't fully trust you if they haven't wrote the check for the amount of which that you want. They're doubting something, and we want to dive into that because I became crazy about it. All right? I wanted to figure out what it was that they were doubting. Number two, and, and that's the doubt word there, they doubt that the person uh, of which, or the company who is responsible for executing the exchange has the expertise to carry out a successful project, and that means that they are confused, okay? So typically a confused buyer will never buy. They, you leave the sales interaction, you leave there with them having more questions than you've provided answers to, so they need more time to think about it, okay? So we're getting somewhere with this. All right, so I'm gonna ask you guys to participate. Where does the sale start? Anybody think it starts with A? Raise your hand, okay? Anybody think it starts with B? Raise your hand. Anybody think it starts with C? 
Raise your hand. Come on, guys. Only three options. Now, come on. It starts here. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Hold on one second. When they're searching for the company online or seeing an ad or making the initial phone call or receiving the first text message or email, this is where the sale starts. Okay? And take a picture of this because this is so important, guys. This is, this is the foundation of trust and value that's built. This is right here. This is why you're not getting the sales that you want is because we're only playing around at the tip of the iceberg and we need to go a little bit deeper if we want to win customers more often. Okay, so let's talk about the buyer's journey. This is how a typical buyer will purchase your service. Number one, there's a trust building, powerful marketing message. Number two, there's an initial online search. What is that question? The question usually is, I wonder how much it'll cost to, or I wonder what it would feel like to have a garage floor coated or my, the outside of my house painted or a fresh start in my home, right? Number three, they search for social proof and have, you know, look for reviews. Number four, initial phone call, professional prompt greeting. Number five, easy booking process. Number six, a confirmation, email and text message. Number seven, a confirmation the day of. And number eight, showing up on time or same, you know, it's equal. Inform them if you're running late. Sometimes that's actually worked out better for me. Hey, I'm running five minutes late. Oh my God, I can't believe you called. Anybody have that experience, right? Sometimes I'll be on time and just say, hey, I'm running five minutes late. <laughs> so I, guys want, I want you guys to understand, if there was a point system attached to this, so if I followed you around and graded you on all of these, let's just attribute five points to each category. You'd get five points for a beautiful trust building, powerful marketing message. In other words, the marketing message matches the experience that they can expect. We will be on time. We will be a courteous company. We will do a great job, X, Y, Z, whatever that is. Beautiful professional branding. The website is on point, okay? That means that you've done a great job of aligning your brand with your marketing message. Number three, the social proof is there. Another five points. You've been really good about getting reviews. You've been responding to your reviews. You've created a personality online. Number four, the initial phone call. The initial phone call is so important, guys. If there's a phone greeting, it's not, hello? It's not, hey, this is Tanner. It's, thank you for calling Premium Painting. This is Tanner. How may I help you? Now, you might think that sounds silly, but I worked at a bank, and that's how I had to answer the phone for the bank, so it was easy for me. But adopt the mentality of you want customers to perceive the value of your company as high as possible, okay? Because what they're doing is they're comparing. And the idea here is to build as much trust as possible. Number five, easy booking process. How hard is it for customers to book with you, okay? My Drip Jobs users know that that button to send a request is gold because it makes it easy for customers to book with you. How hard is it for people to get you their information? Do you, anybody here have a form on their website that's not, not a drip jobs form, okay? So what happens is, is that that form, they fill it out, then it goes into your email, and then you eventually get to it, and by that time, the customer forgets who it is that they submitted the information for. You are not that special. They go down the list of Google, okay? Oh my God, yeah, I, I, I did fill out a form. I don't even know what I did. I filled out a form for four different companies. Which one are you? Anybody have that question before? Which one are you? Okay. Booking confirmation, that's where we alleviate that. Hi, Mrs. Jones, thank you so much for requesting an appointment. This is Tanner with Premium Painting, remember? Great, we'll be there, two o'clock on Saturday. Confirmation the day of. Hey, Mrs. Jones, we'll be there, two o'clock. And then, of course, showing up on time. So if we had a point system, we'd have 40 points. That's our trust score, okay? Just to kind of gamify this. Now, if we have a trust building 
powerful marketing message, but our website is clunky and outdated. We have barely any online reviews. We didn't answer on the first phone call. The verbal booking, or hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in the car. Can you, can you text me your info? Anybody done that? Come on. We've done that. Text me your information. No booking confirmation, no confirmation day of, and we're 10 minutes late. Now we're in the hole, negative 35 points. So when you guys get to the estimate and you're doing your walk around, you might think, man, well, why am I not winning this customer over? It's because the foundation of trust has been compromised. So let's look at what kind of we do here. So the first thing is we have an easy booking form. They fill it out right on their phone, okay? Number two, we have a beautiful confirmation text message that goes out. Hey, Enrique, thank you for requesting an appointment with Premium Painting. And if you want to take it a step further, we have a storytelling, value-building, trust-building message. Now, this is my friend Skyler at PGH Painters, and I love this example. I'll just paraphrase it for you. He tells a little story about how he got started in the business, that he's a local kid, and what is he doing? He's building trust. So this strip message actually goes out. I think an hour or two after they book the appointment, it says, hey, I was born in Ohio, moved to Bethel Park. I'm definitely a South Hills guy. So if you have somebody telling you a story before they get to your house at that level, and you call two other contractors, and you don't even know when they're showing up, you just hope that they're on time, naturally, the customers that we're after are going to err on the side of, hey, this company's trustworthy, and they're investing in making sure that I feel comfortable. And then just to give you an idea, when you show up, you say, hi, uh, hi, you're 10 minutes late, and he's sweating on his way into the job. And then, of course, hey, the customer says, hey, I love that email you sent the other day. I feel like I know you already. Also, thanks for giving me a heads up that you'll be running a few minutes behind. All right, so these are some mindsets that we're going to have because we're going to take you into the sales process in home. And I just want you guys to know that there's some disempowering mindsets that we need to get rid of. Every customer is an opportunity. Just make sure that you go into that with the right mindset. And that opportunity could just be a rep. Right, just getting reps. Like maybe it's not the ideal customer, but what you're gonna learn if you take every opportunity and you treat every opportunity as if they're your ideal customer, you're gonna get better at closing because you're gonna have reps. If they can't afford the price, that's totally fine, but you have to go through the process and get better at your sales. So we don't wanna say they're tire kickers, they'll think my price is too high, this lead sucks, it's exhausting hearing no, it's a waste of my time, I don't care if they buy, whatever, I don't need to earn anyone's business, they're just price shopping. If you've said any of these things, you are not growth focused, okay? You're taking pricing personally, okay? And you can't do that, it's not personal, it's just business, right? This is limiting you. We need to look for every opportunity and the leaders in business take advantage of opportunity. Here's your empowering thoughts. We are the best solution for our customer. I'm gonna close this today. I'm gonna sell a job today. I stand by our pricing, it's fair. I have my customer's best interest in mind. I'm gonna showcase extraordinary value. The competition doesn't stand a chance. I love hearing no. Great, that means I'm that much closer to a yes. You cannot get to a yes without at least one no in most cases. So here's the old way that we go into homes. This is, this is, how, we, uh, this is how we estimate right now, okay? We go in and it's way too complicated, it's very long, and it's very directionless. I remember when it was my first few months in business, I had a tape measure on my belt, I had the wheel. I mean, honestly, I was Inspector Gadget. I came in there and I was shooting the tape measure, you know, all the way across the room, and I'm trying to fumble on my phone, trying to calculate the measurements. And meanwhile, the customers over there, I don't even, we didn't even engage with each other. I'm just running around trying to measure the job. And when I got there and I, I showcased to her what I did, she didn't even care about the measurements. And I'm like, wow, I just wasted my time. Okay, so I realized that homeowners care about something a little bit different. So here's our new way, which is strategic, polished, and focused. All right, so here's some limiting beliefs about your estimating process. Number one, I have to be as detailed as possible. Detail is good but that is not the most important thing. I'm afraid to underbid it. Okay, well, guess what? It only takes one job where you lose your tail <laughs> to, 
to not underbid things anymore, okay? If I measure everything for an hour, at least I'll be accurate. If you're spending more than 30 minutes measuring, um, you know, we need to relook at your sales process because again, we need to either optimize that or find a different way to get what you need. Uh, number four, the more time I spend on the details of the estimate, the better chance I have at selling the job. Not true. The more job-related questions I ask, the better, okay? Here's our new beliefs. Customers care about one thing, price, until you convince them otherwise. If you only sell the job, you become comparable on paper. So if I have three contractors come to my house and they all make me feel the same way, they all tell me, hey Tanner, we're gonna paint that ceiling, we're gonna use XYZ, we're gonna paint those walls, we're gonna use XYZ, and we're gonna paint that trim, and we're gonna cover your floor, great. Okay, if they all say that, what is there left for me to compare to, guys? Anyone know? Price, and if I don't use price as my comparison, then I'm insane, that makes no sense because no one stood out to me. No one made me feel as though I had anything else to compare to. The goal here, guys, in this training is to become incomparable. I'm gonna teach you how to do that. And then the last thing is, I'm not pushing a product, I'm offering a solution. All right, cool. You guys follow me so far? Come on, guys. All right, all right. I know it's the morning. All right, so I want you guys to understand the psychology of a buying decision, okay? So true or false? Humans will pay more for a better experience. Yes or no? All right, so this guy, 85 bucks, he's in the nosebleeds, but if you're at 8,500, same game, different sport, you guys get it, same game, different experience. This is interesting, right? So why can't we do this in our business? And this has been my focus, and this is the foundation of the sales training today, all right? So we have two primary motivating factors as to why people pay more for what seems to be the same product, guys, okay? So first things first, we go to the grocery store, all right? We got a pack of hot dogs, eight hot dogs, 56 cents, per dog. Now, if we go to a baseball game, that same hot dog, factor in the bun, 650. That's an 800% increase. Same dog, different place. Same dog, different place, guys. So utilize these same principles in the way commerce happens in your own business. Now, obviously we have an outlier here. Someone can spend as much as $169 on a hot dog. It's the same dog, different experience if you wanna be a part of the Guinness World Record for the most expensive hot dog, right? But that's an experience. So whoever made that exchange, whoever exchanged those dollars for the same dog, got a Wagyu beef, added in some of the, uh, the toppings, and someone was able to spend $169 on a hot dog. So again, guys, think about why can't we sell our jobs for more? Here's the reality of the situation, guys. If you don't sell your jobs for more, you cannot grow, okay? If we're racing to the bottom, you cannot grow. You're stressed out, you know, you're, not able to give raises, you're not able to take your team on nice events and make people feel valued. Maybe some of us are thinking about health insurance and you know we're cutting costs and all these things. But if you just figure out how to increase your prices, you're getting the same leads and the same customers. You need strategy when you walk into these houses, okay? But you have to understand the psychology behind buying decisions. And if we can use something as simple as a hot dog, we can align that with our business. All right, guys, this is, I mean, this is crazy, right? You can get eight Gatorades, okay, for 97 cents a pop. Or if you go to a convenience store, they can upsell you 400%. Why? Because it's convenient. So we know now that experience plus convenience equals more money. Okay, great. So lock those in. Experience and convenience. Everybody got that? These are the two ways that you're going to be able to increase your prices. We cannot compete if we're only selling the job. That is not gonna work, okay? We need to focus on creating a good experience or a better experience, 
and we need to make our services convenient. People seem to like that. That's why you can buy a Gatorade for 250 and not even blink, okay? Here's the ultimate package. If you pair them, experience plus convenience, okay? Now, I'm gonna flash a, a franchise here. Franchises, close your eyes. This is for teaching purposes only, but somebody understood this concept, okay? Experience plus convenience. Whether you like them or not, that's literally what they sell. One day painting, convenient. Nice painters on the, on the van, branded. Experience, okay? Somebody knew what they were doing in the marketing department. So what is really motivating people to spend more? Guys, we talked about this. It's value. People want value. You guys want it. Why doesn't, why doesn't our customers want it, right? It's value, okay? All right, so true or false, everyone values different types of experience the same way. Will you catch that Steelers fan at a Browns game paying for the bottom floor? Of course not, and vice versa. So we have to understand that if you guys are going into estimates, treating every single estimate the same, I can't stand when people tell me that they have a systematic estimating process because every customer is different. So how could that be possible? Ultimately, if you're just taking orders, right? So if you guys go into a restaurant, is it a better experience if somebody, when you sit down with your significant other or a business colleague and you know, they just shove the menu at you and say, well, let me know when you're ready and, and you're, you're bombarded with options, okay? Rather than the server coming over and saying, hey, listen, there's a ton of options there. Do you mind if I share with you my favorites, right? Again, who's gonna get the better tip? So utilize the different ways that commerce is done outside of the painting business and start applying these principles to your own business, okay? So let me tell you guys a, a quick story. I was in car sales. Anybody sold cars here? A couple car guys here? Cool, all right, so I learned a lot of this stuff there. I'm not a genius by any stretch, I just had some good training. So car sales, here's the mistake that a lot of car salesmen make. Someone comes up to the, uh, to the, front, of the front of the dealership and they'd say, hey, I'm looking for an SUV. And the, and the good car salesman says, okay, great. Um, what color do you like? And they say, oh, I, I like blue. All right, awesome. Um, do you want a new or used? And they say, I like, I like a used SUV. And they say, great, actually I have the perfect one. And he thinks he's doing a great job. And he says, you know what, sit here. He's trying to create a good experience. And he says, sit here, I'll be right back. And he goes and gets the keys, runs out to the car lot, and he brings in an SUV. And he says, here, sit in here. He turns it on, the AC's blowing. And he says, sit here, I want you to take a test drive. And he thinks he's doing a great job. He's like, ah, I got her, man. This is the nicest SUV we got. So they're taking a test drive and she says, yeah, like I just have an SUV, but it doesn't have Bluetooth. And she's like, this one has Bluetooth, right? And he, and she, and he goes, oh no, it, it doesn't have Bluetooth. Um, we, 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 we can go back to the dealership. And by that time, the momentum's lost because he didn't inquire about what was important to her. He only sold what was important to him. How many of us are going into these estimates without this sort of strategy where we're actually inquiring deep enough to find out the deeper motivating factors as to why someone actually reached out for your services? Instead, you think just because they said they want the wall, ceiling, trim, and doors that you're going to start pushing product and start talking about your company and what's important to you when you're not diving deep enough to figure out what's important to them. You need to break the mold if you want to sell jobs for more. Okay, So use that as an example, guys, because that can easily happen where you think you're doing a good job and thankfully she said, hey, I want Bluetooth, but you could be there and they might not even be listening to you because you're not even inquiring about what's important to them. It is not their job to tell you how to sell to them, guys. You've got to be polished in your approach, okay? 
All right, so rules for sales success. Number one, price is relative to value. Number two, everyone has different needs, wants, and desires. Therefore, it would be senseless for us to have the same process for each customer. Number three, our competitive advantage is to sell the experience rather than the product, guys. We get it. Use gray paint. I'm sure all of you use Benjamin Moore as of today. Um, and the experience we use is unique, and no one else in the world can provide it. No one has the Bradley Ellison story of how he started up his business and wants to create change. No one has the Nick Wiseman story, how he worked for Tanner and started his own business and wanted to crush me and be a competitor. I'm kidding. No one has the story of Russell Peach and how he got started and how he wanted to break into the residential painting space and create a customer service oriented company, guys. This is your uniqueness and you need to sell it, okay? Guys, there's a lot of homeless people around, okay? Just saying, you know, I look at the, I look at the message. Anybody here look at the message? Guys, the message matters. If there's a story, you're more inclined to want to give. It's just natural. The story makes, there, there's a little more value to a story. And I want you guys to understand that when you guys are operating in a sales environment, okay? So my motto is this, the 595 rule. Some of you have heard, have you guys heard me say this in my podcast or anything? So 595 rule. So I suggest you start adopting this. Spend 5% of your time working on the quote. That's the measurements, figure it out, okay? Figure out a way to get whatever you need to measure done in 5% of the time. 95% of the time needs to be with the customer. This needs to be learning their motivations, asking the right questions, understanding what's making them tick, okay? And if you guys focus on this, you guys are gonna notice that you're gonna be building relationships. People tend, generally speaking, to buy for two reasons, outside of what I told you, from who they like and who they trust and who they know, how do you guys, how do you guys build a foundation of trust for communication? And again, my story of running around the house measuring gave me no opportunity to meet my customer, okay? Hi and bye, all right, I'll email it to you. Can't do that anymore if you want to succeed. All right, so here's our sales objective. First, we wanna ask the right questions, then we wanna provide the right solutions, and we wanna leave no doubts in our ability, capability, and intent. And last, of course, we want price to be the only objection, okay? Guys, we want price to be the only objection. Guys, if we do our job and we take the sales process all the way through, we've created a powerful experience, we've built off a momentum, we want price to be the only reason. If you tell me my price is too high after I went through my entire process, I've done a good job, okay? Because at that point, you cannot see the value, so you need to go through a value building experience and then I'll catch you in 10 years because then you'll remember the bad experience you had and then we'll see you again next time. Okay, so that's ultimately the mindset we need to have is that if again, you guys are getting your prices too high, often you're doing a good job. Okay, but we just wanna make sure that we're capitalizing on those and utilizing our sales process. So here's the characteristics of a great sales experience when you guys walk into the house, okay? Number one, the focus is on the customer's needs. Number two, time is not wasted. Number three, barriers are overcome. Number four, the customer feels listened to. Okay. Number five, the customer's educated. We're not selling, we're educating. Okay. Number six, they feel confident that the value of your service is in equal or greater proportion to what they will receive in return. Number seven, they feel confident that you will deliver promises and have the expertise to perform the job to the highest possible standard. How could they check all of these boxes if you guys are spending 80 to 90% of the time running around the house doing your measurements and 10% of the time with the customer and then running home 
to send the email with the quote, okay? It's literally impossible. So you need to make sure that you're spending that time. It's so valuable. All right, so we're gonna go through the questions of my estimating process. This is my suggestion to you. This is a good framework for you to use because if we utilize these questions when we walk into the door, it's gonna set us up to provide the right answers. So number one, what's the story customer so how many of us go into an estimate we knock on the door and we introduce ourselves and we say all right what are we doing today as if you don't already know because that's the only thing you've been trained on oh well, i like the exterior painted i know you want the exterior painted but why there's always a reason why there's something deeper there and literally guys it's simple but this is the key to your sale what they say right here i'm going to give you guys all of the reasons why you're going to have everything today you're gonna have the reasons why. I reverse engineered the whole thing. There's only a finite amount of reasons and we just gotta master them, right? Okay, so let's get into that. All right, so look, this is why people want their houses painted, right? I mean, this is it. If you guys can think of something else, let me know. They'll fall into these categories. There's an HOA letter. <laughs> Ready for a change of environment. They wanna change the color. They don't like the color. There's rotting or repairs that need to be done. It's fading or it's peeling or they're moving out or moving in. Can anyone think of anything else? Did I miss anything? Okay, so we know all the reasons why people want their house painted and we need to memorize them so when they tell us, we know what solution to provide. So actually guys, in this scenario, you should have one, two, three, four, five, six sales scripts ready in your back pocket for whichever one they say. And you should have solutions for each one, okay? Behind every single why, there's an underlying motivation. Somebody that wants to get painted because of an HOA letter, are they your ideal customer, yes or no? You think so? If they really cared and valued painting, would they have gotten it done before the HOA had to let them know? I don't know. Ready for change. This is a want. They hate their colors. This is a want. Riding in repairs. Need. Fading. Need. Moving in. Moving out. So in other words, guys, the first example, the HOA letter, they just want to get it done to get the HOA off their back, right? Ready for change. Obviously, this is a want. So here's an example, guys. I went into a house one time, and I was so excited. I went in, I said, hey, I'm using these products. My team is so great. I got a team of four. We're going to do an awesome job. Um, I pay my guys really well. They're all W-2. All the things that we just add value on. We think, you know, this is great. Oh, we have workers' comp, and a really nice proposal. And I've been doing this for seven years, and I'm going and going and going. He's like, awesome, man. Yes, yeah, so I'm getting ready to sell this place and rent it out. <laughs> and I just like, he's like, he didn't care about any of that stuff. So that was my fault because I didn't inquire deep enough as to why. And again, if you guys are starting to think about some of the estimates you've done, you might think, man, I haven't really asked that question a lot. It's actually a necessity. It's not really an option if you really want to try to get a sale, okay? So we need to know why people are wanting the job done, and then we need to assign the motivation to that, okay? And then if you know the underlying motivation, then we can provide a solution, guys. Here it is. HOA letter. They want speed. They want convenience, okay? They don't care about what you're using. You could build on that, and you can say, hey, listen, we'll prevent this from happening again by using really good products. This is why this happened. But hey, listen, I know that the HOA is on your back. What date did they give you? Oh, they said you needed by the 13th. Here's what I'll do for you. Now you're providing value in a way that they, honestly, your competition's not doing this, but you're providing value that aligns with your customer's specific needs and wants. Number two, ready for a change. 
Do they care about speed? Anybody that's just ready to freshen things up, do they care about speed? Of course not. They care about the experience. This is where you lay out the red carpet, right? You, hey, we're going to use the best products. My guys are amazing. Here's a picture of my project manager and his family. Uh, you know, whatever you got to do. But we're creating an experience there, okay? If they hate the colors, right? Oh, colors. You hate colors. I'm in the back of my head. What am I thinking? Anyone know? Consultation. Decorator. I'm like, boom, I can't wait. I'm salivating the teller. Hey, I got a decorator that will come here and alleviate that issue. Boom. Okay, so if you guys don't have a solution for each one of these, you need to start thinking about it. Okay, you, you should have six sales processes in this exterior example here for each one. Fading, speed and convenience. Mrs. Jones, listen, I know you waited quite a while. Behind this stucco is what? Anyone know what's behind stucco? What's behind that? Drywall. Mrs. Jones. Time's ticking. There could be drywall damage here. What I'm going to do first, I'm going to seal it. I'm going to use an elastomeric stucco patch, and then we're going to put a really good Benjamin Moore paint. Okay? Moving in, moving out. Oh, this is my favorite. I salivate when I get people that are telling me that they're moving in. Oh, when are you moving, Mrs. Jones? Here's what we'll do. I normally don't do this, but I have a flexible customer. I'll get you in. Okay? <laughs> I'll get you in. All right? So if we know the motivation behind this, moving out, do, do people who move out, move out really care about your team and the experience? Dude, people could leave it looking, I mean, they'll put anything on the wall. Mrs. Jones, I'm going to just do what's in your best interest. We'll get something good on there, okay? We're still going to do two coats, okay? Let's we'll still do two coats, okay? So moving on and moving out, I love them. I especially like the moving in people a little more than the moving out people. But again, when I hear the why, I'm already shifting gears. Okay, so we got to remember, we cannot just have one sales process, okay? Overcoming the color barrier. Have you chosen colors yet? This should be your second question, always. Here are the answers you're going to get. Any more answers than this? If anybody can think of one, let me know. All right, cool. Yes, we have. Yes, not sure. Yes, need approval. No, need help. When I hear any of these answers, guess what I'm thinking? You need help. Samples, consultation, facilitation, consultation. I'm providing solutions to everything. I know all of the problems. So I just look like the solution man. All I did was write it down one night. All right, so we always want to provide solutions. Are colors really a barrier? Funny story. Anybody in my little group chat where I shared this with, uh, I don't know, anyway. So this customer would not book an appointment with me. And actually, long story short, she was a new lead. I just booked it. I didn't even call her. I just scheduled it. She got the confirmation, trying new things. And she was a little worried. She's like, well, what if I don't know the colors yet? Here I am with a solution that made her feel comfortable enough to give me an estimate. Guys, if you do not have a color consultant on staff, that should be the first thing you do when you leave this place is to figure that out because people really struggle with this. There's people that will not hire you because they're scared to make a bad decision. It's not that they don't know the colors. It's just they want some help. They don't want to feel the burden of the weight of picking the wrong color. So again, we want to make sure that we have a solution to this problem. All right, question number three, how soon do you want this project done? Let's see what the answers would be to that. You guys have heard every single one of these answers. As soon as possible. Man, that's exciting, right? No rush. Eh. Whenever you can get to it, getting more estimates. So funny, right? That wasn't my question. Are you getting more estimates? It just said, when do you want to get the project done? Right? So how many of us kind of get a little demotivated? Be honest. I mean, it's happened to me. So I'll raise my hand first. When you hear that I'm getting more estimates. Anybody? Come on, man. We, we wasted our time out there. We built rapport. We're excited. 
And I think the reason why we feel that way is because we don't have a strategy around that. That's all. Anytime we feel a little unsure about something, it's usually because we don't have a strategy to help us through it. So I'm going to give you guys one. So first thing is, is that, all right, and this is an honest question. You guys who haven't been really raising your hand, I want to know how many people are leaving. Be honest, man, please. How many people are leaving the house and sending the estimate when you get home? All you guys are closing on the spot, every one of you. All right, all right, all right. So we got to strike when the iron's hot, guys. This is important, all right? This is really important. So here's our solution. Anything that they say to me, we're closing today. Like, that's the mindset, guys. We talked about beliefs. Guys, you have to have such a strong belief in your ability to close the job. You got to, all right, cool, we're closing. If you go in there and think, oh, he's getting more estimates, or they're getting more estimates, my guy's got to eat. Anybody take care of a couple guys that know that if they don't have work, they're, they're paycheck to paycheck? You know, this is your legacy. How, you know, guys, remember, selling jobs is what creates franchises. Selling jobs is what creates opportunity and makes us feel good. Feast or famine, okay? The only thing stopping you from growth is the person sitting in front of you who's trying to get a good deal when we have the best interest in mind. So to me, it, would, it just doesn't make sense. So I go in with the mindset, we're closing today. That's the mindset, okay? Now, before we do that, I wanna know what the biggest concern is. Try this, every single customer has an outlying concern. It's so funny. Hey, listen, I know we walked around the house, just curious, do you, do you have any concerns? Why? Because this is a little barrier, right? That if we don't address, this could be the one thing that stops them from writing the deposit to us, right? So we want to identify what that one thing is. And what we're going to do is we're going to stick it right back here, okay? Hold on. Nail pop. Anybody get the nail pop guy? Ah, we're not doing the ceilings, but you see that nail pop, right? Small rotting. We got the oil stain spot somewhere. There's always an oil stain spot or a handyman item or an outlying question. Hey, do you do two coats or one? Oh, they remembered. Guys, you got to realize that before they meet you, their friends tell them things to ask, or they look, what should I ask a painter? Or, and if you give them an opportunity to ask that question, they'll remember it. And they'll feel confident because there was this one thing that you had to make sure. Hey, do you spray or roll? Oh, okay. I heard that spraying isn't good. You know, well, well, it's very good. Do you, do you do X, Y, Z? Whatever that is, ah, you got it out. Cool. All right, so we're breaking down barriers. All right, here we go. We have a few options on how we're going to do this. Now, we're going to talk about this in a second. I'm going to go in here, but I like this question here a lot. I don't know if you guys have asked this question, but this is one of the most important questions that you could ask your customers. Have you hired a professional painting contractor before? Number one, we cannot assume that someone's been through this process. Generally speaking, if you go to a car dealership, all of you guys know how that process is going to go, right? You go in, someone's going to greet you, they'll take you for a test drive, they'll haggle you, you'll meet the manager, and it's just this whole repulsive experience. You go into a restaurant, right? You guys go in, Steve and I and the team went yesterday, what did we do? We met the hostess, they told us that there'd be a table ready, we sat down. When we're waiting, we knew that we'd have a menu and that there would be drinks you know, and they'd offer to take our order, right? So we know this system, buying a house, guys. So the interesting thing about our trade is that every painting company does things different. <laughs> so they don't know what they're gonna get. So at this time, I just wanna know, who am I gonna be compared to? Because typically speaking, guys, all of you guys who have been to a car dealership, right? Maybe you got a bad deal 
When you go into that new car dealership, you're going in like, huh, they're not going to get me this time, right? You have an experience that you can draw your reference from. That's what builds trust, okay? So ultimately, if you have experience, or builds confidence. So if you have, an, if you have a, a, an experience of a painter who came to the house, it was one guy, right? Painted a whole 3,000 uh, square foot apartment in, in one week, and, you, and he paid you know, $1,000 in labor. I need to know that so I can help you see the difference in why we're different, because they might think that we do the same thing. You know, so it's important to ask this question, guys. Make sure that you're asking it. So let's go into what we're going to say and how we're going to approach each answer. So if, if the answer is yes, Mrs. Jones, have you hired a painting contractor before? How was that experience? Okay. Oh, no, you haven't? Well, have you hired any type of contractor before? I'm going after the roofers. I'm going after the landscapers because the way that they see us is in the same category, right? If a roofer gives them a bad experience, they're ready for us when we walk in the door. Okay, so we need to make sure that there's nothing stopping them. If it's a good experience, well, Mrs. Jones, what did you like about it? Oh, they did a good job. That's awesome. Oh, they covered everything and they were on time. So are we. Not only that, we'll do X, Y, Z. So not only do we want to make sure that we give them the same experience they had, but we want to one-up it. Okay, not only do we cover things, we actually take pictures of your wall hangings so we put it all back in the right place, right? If it's bad, what did you dislike about it? Oh, well, it was actually really bad, actually. You know, they got paint all over my pavers. Oh, Mrs. Jones, let me show you a picture. I have one. Um, we actually put plastic on all the pavers, right? So now, again, we're lowering the barrier. Now, you guys might be thinking, man, this is a lot, but it's a natural flow when you're in the house. You're just asking questions and providing solutions. And if you guys have been sitting in front of customers, if this is eye-opening to you, I want you guys to erase everything you think about your sales process. And I want you guys to erase everything you think about a customer until you see this process all the way through and you sit down and present your price. And it'll change your perspective on your customers, the industry. So when you guys are getting ready to tell them about your process, right, here's where we take everything we learned, okay, from our customer. We want to give them small bites. We don't want to fire hose your customer because you can have information overload. So, all right, Mr. Jones, before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about our process. So you might be sitting at the table and you are going to reiterate everything you just learned. This is the best time to do it. This is when the iron's hot, right? We learned everything that we need to know about this customer. I'm going to give you guys an example here. So let's go through this scenario and I'll make sure I'm good on time, Nick. Got a few more minutes. All right. So. Question number one, the answers to this question, the why. There was rotting wood, there was worried, they were worried about future damage. Number two, they didn't choose colors, so they need help. Number three, they want the job done as soon as possible. Hey, that big concern, how long will this paint last? And number five, they had a bad experience, they didn't show up on time, right? So when we know all the answers to these concerns and questions, now we can be the hero. Hey, Mrs. Jones, listen, I, before I get started, I wanna let you know our team is made up of uh, four painters, you know? Um, and this is our ideal job type. We like to staff big teams on jobs like this to ensure quality and efficiency. You will absolutely love our project manager, Shamel. He's very, very familiar with this style house and has a great personality. He'll make you feel comfortable and he'll take great care of you. So you told me that you were a little worried about the wood rotting and I know it's a major concern. Let me tell you about Todd, my father-in-law. He's an amazing carpenter. Not only will he assess the damage, he will actually invite you to assess it with him so you guys can go through it together. We can make sure that we take care of it all because once we repair it, there's no going back. You'll never see what's inside of it. It's a great opportunity for you to be a part of our project so there's full transparency. 
Also, I know you said color, Mrs. Jones, you were a little worried about it. Here's the deal. Miss Donna, our color consultant, is fabulous. She was actually our Sherwin-Williams rep at one point. She's a really big part of our company and she actually treats all of our customers as if they're her own and she's a great extension of our business. So you guys can see here, everything that I say is relating to an experience or convenience based on whatever they tell me. I utilize that in my pitch before I sell the job. We have a few more things we need to cover. In terms of time frame, Mrs. Jones, you told me that you were interested in getting it done quick. Here, I just looked at my schedule. I have an opening on the 6th, two weeks from now, if we're able to come to an agreement today. Number four, hey, by the way, the paint we use is Benjamin Moore. It has great water-resistant properties to prevent this from happening again anytime soon. You'll also love they have a 25-year warranty. I'll provide that paperwork to you so you're fully well aware of what to expect. And number five, being on time is very important to us. Here, just so you know, we have this app that I can actually track the time uh, of all my employees and where they're at. Uh, this, this way you know that we take it very seriously. Promptness is one of our core values in our company. Okay, so what did I do there? I mean, I just took everything that she was concerned with and provided solutions, 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 solutions. So by the time we sit down, there's no more confusion. I'm the best option. Okay, so we need to be doing this. We need to be thinking about this. Convenience and experience, okay? So pricing the job, number one, here's some rules about pricing the job. So a lot of us get hung up on this. I'm gonna brief this, we're not gonna to go too heavy on this. Number one, your price is 100% dependent on your cost. Price is marginal, it can change. You must have a general idea of what your team is capable of. No one knows that but you. You must have a general idea of how much paint you'll need and ideally you'll use a calculator. I have a free calculator at sellpaintjobs.com. Anybody have that calculator, anybody using that thing? Yeah. All right, so this is just an example. I'm gonna move kind of quick here. Our total cost is $44.50 on this job, assuming these variables. Know your numbers. Now, here's the deal, guys. If you wanna be above the line in terms of closing deals, we have got to get comfortable with manipulating our price. We should all have three prices, really. If I have no work, you better believe I'm lowering that price to make sure my team stays busy. So when I go into a house, I know three prices that I'm gonna sell this job for. Okay, remember what I said, everyone wants to feel like they're getting the better end of the deal. Who here would be happy selling every single job? Happy if you got to close at 45% profit. Would you guys all be happy about that? I would, okay, I would. I'd be fine with it if I got every single job, right? So we need to be open to adjusting our pricing because guys, pricing is relative. You know, it's not like we're selling a commodity. We're selling a service. Everyone pays their team different. Everyone pays you know, different prices for paint. So when we all go to a price, I guarantee, a, a house, I guarantee you all of us, if we looked at the same house, we might all have different prices or different ways we came up with it. So we need to be open to having a variable price. It just doesn't make sense to be fixed. That's my price. No, it's not. It's just your idea of what your price should be. Okay, so supply and demand. If you have a lot of work, that means that the supply is high. Okay, if you don't have any work, that means that the supply is low. Right? So in natural economics, if the supply is low, raise your prices. If the supply is high, that means you have no work, lower your prices, right? So ultimately you need to use this in times of famine. If you know that your margins are a little too high, we lower them, all of us do this, but be open to do it before you need it. And you'll find that you're gonna close more jobs more consistently. Price presentation and closing. So value proposition. Does anyone know here what a value proposition is? Do you guys use those? OK, 
Okay, value proposition, think about it. Exterior painting, concrete coating. What are some things that we can add on to add value to our services that we could use as negotiation leverage, right? Pressure washing different areas, roof cleaning, maybe repairing that garage door. Hey, I wanted some shelves in there. Hey, do you know a handyman that can throw in some shelves and you know, maybe help sell a $10,000 paint job? Whatever you can do to build value. Anybody hear this before? Yeah? Okay, we have to think about it. So, here's my mindset when I hear this. If I did everything right, I alleviated all your concerns, I built value, then it must just be price, right? It has to be. Why wouldn't you hire me? Why wouldn't somebody not hire anyone in here? You guys are all gonna do a good job. Everyone's got great reviews. We have our customer's best interest in mind, so it's gotta be price. This is where we become flexible, okay? So, okay, I understand. Who's comfortable with asking this right after, hey, I'm gonna get more quotes. Now listen, some of you guys might be booked out to the moon and you're not gonna do any of this. And I understand that because I've been there. I'm gonna walk away, but I'm talking to some of you that are in a growth phase. Maybe you're growing to a new crew and you need to capitalize on opportunity or it's slow, okay? All of us, whether we're successful or not, are gonna go through a growth phase or it's gonna be slow. This is where you pull out this process. All right, Mrs. Jones, I understand you wanna get some more estimates or you need to think about it. May I ask you a question? Guys, this is the most powerful question in sales. Figure out what the budget is, right? Normally my customers tell me that it's because our price, it has to be price, right? It's gotta be, we did everything right. We, 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 you love us, you, you know, we've talked, we're friends. Did you have a budget in mind? Just curious. Oh, okay, right? So now, and guys, 99% of the time they'll tell you the budget if you ask. Well, we wanted to be around, anybody hear that before? Okay, we're still getting a few more quotes. Okay, I understand, may I ask you a question? <laughs> Normally when my customers, why are you getting more quotes if I just showcase to you that I'm the best option? Why are you getting more quotes if you could trust me, you like me, I learned about you, I know your motivations, I'm the right fit for you, why are you getting more quotes? It's gotta be price. Everybody get that? It's price. So that's where we are flexible with our margins because we can come in and say, listen, you wanna be at, well what if I, and I'm gonna teach you guys that real quick. The budget will tell you everything. Yes, I'm hoping to be around $8,000. So we are no longer selling a $10,000 job. We now know that they are willing and able to pay eight grand. And you guys would be so surprised. Could all of us make money on a job that costs $4,500 and sell it for eight grand? Of course, we just won a deal. How much are you gonna give it for though? That's the question. So in your head, you should be like, bingo, because you know your margins. You went in there knowing what your bottom line is, your middle of the line is, your top line is, right? So we have three options. Three options here, guys. If you're busy, you're booked to the moon, you're gonna build more value, maybe try to win that top line price and then you're gonna hold them, hold firm on it and then you're gonna do your follow-up. Number two, you're gonna lower your price, right? Which is not a bad thing, okay? If you're trying to sell jobs, we've all done it, right? Everybody in here has done it. And number three, we're gonna offer a value proposition. These are our options. So let's go through them real quick and then we're gonna wrap up. All right, so we wanna create a win-win. How do you create a win-win? Use this small phrase right here. If I, will you. This is a very powerful statement, okay? If I give you something, will you give me something in return, right? So this is a win-win scenario. This is how you really make it seem, and you are giving value. You're either lowering your price or you're creating a value proposition. That's why it's called a value proposition. You're proposing more value to get the business. Listen, you told me that getting this project done within two weeks was important to you. Here's what I'm willing to do. 
if I do this job for $8,900 and fit you in before the 6th, will you allow me to earn your business today? And you're quiet, okay? Now, it's up to you whether you want to keep going in terms of lowering price, or you could do something creative like this. Okay, I can understand that. Listen, I really want to earn your business today, if I will you. Earlier, you mentioned to me that getting the roof soft wash was important to you. Now, you know that that's not something we normally do, but tell you what, I have a pressure washing subcontractor that I know will do a great job on this roof. I'll cover the cost for you if you allow me to earn your business today and you're at the top line price. Now, the customer might perceive that as $1,000. They might perceive that as $500. They might start thinking of the headaches that will be required for them to source out a pressure washing contractor, contract that job, and you're there saying, experience and convenience, pay me more. And now you're using a value proposition to sell more jobs. And of course, you can follow up with purpose. Now, following up, obviously, guys, is what you're doing most often. Okay, we know this. But there's a purposeful follow-up now when you know the motivations. Mrs. Jones, hey, I still have that opening for the 6th. Did you think about it? Right? Mrs. Jones, listen, Donna's schedule, our color consultant, she's booking up. Are you interested still? Right? If you know the why, then now you have a more powerful follow-up. A lot of us are calling these customers saying, hey, just checking in on the quote. Hey, did you have any questions? And you're not going in purposefully. You're not going in with the motivation as your leverage. Okay? This is very important. So now when you follow up, you have leverage. Now, here's an example, guys. Okay? Here's our rules for follow-ups. Follow up with purpose. Utilize automation. Capitalize on interest, continue the conversation, be direct and deliberate, create a win-win. I'm gonna go through this real quick, last, last three slides. Hi Tim, thank you for requesting an appointment. This is a sales journey that I was able to capture because a lot of it was done through text, just to showcase to you guys how I'm operating in my painting business. Hi Tim, thank you for requesting an estimate. He filled out the form, he got a confirmation. We booked the appointment, he got a confirmation. After I sent the proposal, he got a notification letting him know that the proposal's in his email. Okay, so this is one that we did from afar. But when we went to site, we learned that he had a motivation. His big motivation was he was selling the house because his parents had passed away, they were elderly, and he wanted to fix it up to sell. Okay, got it. Hi Tanner, two questions. How many coats on the exterior and when can you start? This all sounds really good, right? I'm like, bingo, wait a minute. Hey Tim, exterior gets sprayed and back rolled. We have plenty of paint on it plus a primer. New stucco repair will be primed need a good stucco guy, I have a referral, experience, convenience, got it. I know you're selling, can get both jobs done within three weeks, experience, convenience, got it. Gotta get colors picked out, we offer a free color consultation, experience, convenience, got it. Nothing he can say now, What's, what are we waiting for? Okay, cool, one last question, do you guys have insurance? Sure do. Okay, here's my situation, I'm going out of town, I'll be back on the 28th. If it's possible, I'd like to start on the week of May 1st, Okay, hopefully we can have a quick turnaround. I said, perfect, yep, we could do it on the first. Everything's looking good. Now, he tells me, oh, well, Tanner, actually, you know what? I don't know if I could do the interior. Well, wait a minute. You told me that this was a package deal. It was interior and exterior. This is an $8,900 job. Now it's down to three, 34 and change. What's going on? And I emphasized to him, I said, hey, just so you know, it was priced with the efficiency of having the team there when one area is close to completion we could start the second area 
And then also really not trying to rush it here. Guys, and this is full honesty. I do not manipulate people. This is honest, always honest, always integral. Not trying to rush you, but the first, the day you want the job done is in two weeks. And I do four to five estimates a day, okay? So you're delaying whether or not you actually want to move forward could cause us to push you out further, which I know is important to you. Now, if you want to wait, that's fine. I don't know when we're going to get your job done. Understood, makes sense. How about this? Can you do it for 8,500 for it all? If so, I'll sign and do the deposit now and we can schedule. So because I knew what was important to him, because I alleviated his questions with solutions, and then at the very end, I knew what his motivation was. It was speed. It was efficiency in terms of my communication, but it was more importantly getting the job done because his concern isn't what the job looks like. He wants to sell it. So I need to be a facilitator to help him get to his goal. And that's what my job was in this scenario. So one more thing here, guys, we're gonna talk about following up with purpose, just to give you guys an idea how we're doing this. Here's another example. This is an automated text message. After we exhaust all our resources in person, we set up automatic follow-ups. We know at this point what could be the reason you're not moving forward, and it is price. So here you see that we are taking $250 off to ask the customer for their business because it's a win-win. We need to book a job, they need one done. And you could see here, uh, this is, happens all the time, uh, people bite on that. So you might want to ask yourselves, how many jobs are we only $250 away from, right? Be open to flexibility on your pricing. So anybody here, I want to offer you a 60-day free trial of Drip Jobs. So if any of you guys sign up, just let them know you're at this event. Uh, I want to thank you all. I hope you got something out of that. Guys, we got Nick Slavic coming up next, so I'll pass the mic to him.